And Miss Liberty, oh, I hated her when I first got there because <laughs> she was so like, just this is, you know, we, we got to be like God. We have to be like God's children. Certain things that I would, you know, say, no, no, you shouldn't be saying, like she would always, you know, get on me, but with love, like I didn't understand it. I was used to getting, you know, scolded, you know, or people getting <laughs> mad at me, but she was always smiling, happy and trying to help us. Good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're listening to this. A little shout out to the Truman Show, probably. <laughs> but welcome to the No Greater Joy podcast, brought to you by the pastors here at Grace Baptist Church, because we want for our people what Jesus wants for his people, and that's to know greater joy. And we do that by stepping into the areas that bring no greater joy, being a 24-7 worshiper, a go person, and an alongsider. My name is Pastor Steve Strong, lead pastor here at Grace. Across the table from me is... Ryan Adkins. I'm the associate pastor here at Grace. And once again, a huge thanks to our tech guru, Dan Craniac, a member here at Grace, and producing this and making a sound nice and buttery. So, another episode. We have a little bonus episode that we've been taking to highlight what God has been doing in the lives of our people, specifically... Uh, providing them an opportunity to share um, what we're calling their gospel collision story, or more commonly known as their salvation story. And uh, happy to have uh, one of our people, Christina Rodriguez, with us to share her story. So, Christina, thanks for joining us. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Well, we're glad you're here. Why don't you just take a few seconds, a little bit of time, and just kind of give us the, the Cliff Notes version of who Christina Rodriguez is. Okay, Um well, of course, my name is Christina Rodriguez. That's right. Um, I am 39 years old. I have a daughter, 11-year-old, and um, I started coming to Grace last February around roundabouts, mm-hmm. and um, I love coming here. Well, we're glad you're here. Mm-hmm. You work, I think, right? Oh, yes, of course. Um, um, when I'm able to, I do some cleaning. Yep. I enjoy cleaning people's houses. I know... Little that. plug. Maybe uh, you <laughs> yeah. got some potential clients out listening. Right. <laughs> Good. All right. So let's get into our, our just tell us briefly um, when did you come to put your faith in Christ and, uh, you know, Christ alone for your salvation? When did that happen, Christina? Um, when I knew for sure that I accepted Jesus as my personal Savior, I was 16 years old. Um, I was in Mississippi at the time. Um, and I was actually kind of scared because, you know, it was 1999 and what was everybody scared about? Oh, Y2K. Exactly. <laughs> so that was, I guess, one of the reasons I'm like, oh my gosh, what if everything shuts down? Are we going to die? You know? Did you have food stored away? I was in a girl's home. Okay. So, um. They had it stored away for you. Yeah. They had it stored away for us. But, um. I did accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior at the age of 16. Um, It was really close to the time right before the New Year's came for 2000. And um, I was in a girl's home. Um, My mom had sent me away because I was rebellious. I was deceitful. Um, I just wasn't doing, you know, anything right. And um, she decided to send me away, so... There was a place called Happiness Hills Christian Girls Home in Mississippi, and they sent me there for a year, and I met the Palmers, Mr. and Mrs. Palmer, and Miss Liberty. They had a very big impact in my life there, 
and just, you know, by the grace of God with them and kind of being scared of everything, you know, going to happen possibly at the new year of 2000, I went to Miss Liberty and I told her, you know, I was worried, you know, at first I was like, should I get reassurance? But then I'm like, you know, I don't think I was really actually saved, saved because prior to that I was super young, Mm -hmm. like six or seven. I couldn't even remember how old Mm -hmm. and exactly any details of when it happened. So um, thankfully right there we have a chapel in in the basement area of the girls' home. She helped lead me to the Lord and I knew for a fact after that day that I had accepted Jesus, even though sometimes my life didn't really seem that way, and mm-hmm. I slid a lot up and down roller coaster. <laughs> so, but yeah, 16. So, did you grow up in the Cleveland area here? Yes, Old Brooklyn. Oh, okay. okay. And so, were you attending church at that time? Oh, yes. Um, before I was even born, I... Um, was in Cleveland Baptist Church. My mom was always in church since before I was even thought of. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, thankfully, I always grew up in a Christian home, Christian church, but the devil was kind of eating at me 24-7. Yeah. So so how did you handle, so growing up in the Christian church, there at Cleveland Baptist, Christian home, uh, and attending regularly, that you're hearing the gospel every Sunday, did you say that, you there was a time really young that maybe you made a profession did you say that yeah i was like six or seven but i don't remember it my mom was the one who always kind of told me and to me if i can't remember it i know that's young i should remember something sure and so i felt i felt that you know i needed to accept him knowingly you know in full consciousness you know without a doubt so so when you went down to Mississippi, when your mom sent you away, how, what was going through your mind? How did that? How did that impact you? What was your? I don't know. How, like, how did you handle that? I was angry. I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt you know that my mom and my stepdad were just abandoning me, and that I wasn't that bad of a kid, and I didn't really do you know as bad as other kids did. Sure. So. I mean, I was kind of happy to go because I wanted to get away from them too. Yeah. But um, I was I was angry. I was. So you're down there in Mississippi. What? Uh, and you were there for a year, or you were going to be there for a year. I didn't you? end up staying the whole year. Um, it's it's kind of a long story, but yeah. um, they do um, the, they would do like traveling things with the girls where we'd sing and uh, Mr. Palmer would preach. And we happened to be in Ohio two months before my year. And since I had done so well in the girls' home, they secretly told my parents to meet them there and they would let me just leave with them afterwards. So that was awesome too. (laughs) Yeah. So what was the uh, kind of the turning point a little bit um, of when you put your faith in Christ like what were the circumstances you mentioned y two k um but how would you describe your life before there that moment at at the end of nineteen ninety nine the circumstances the events the people like like describe what God was doing to prepare you for that um i I think a lot because um before that 
I didn't really have a lot of conviction or guilt. I always was like, oh, it's not me. It's everybody else. Um, and I still get that way sometimes, but I have, I have conviction and guilt now, even when I do say that sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, Mr. and Mrs. Palmer, they were just, I can't even explain them. They were like angels. I, they were awesome. I, they, they ran that home so well. They treated us like we were their own kids. Mm -hmm. And Miss Liberty, oh, I hated her when I first got there because (laughs) she was so like, just, this is, you know, we got to be like God. We have to be like God's children. Certain things that I would, you know, say, no, no, you shouldn't be saying, like, she would always, you know, get on me, but with love, like, I didn't understand it. I was used to getting, you know, scolded, you know, or people (laughs) getting mad at me, but she was always smiling, happy and trying to help us, but I didn't want the help. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) So I guess just, and I think that's why I went to her when I decided, you know, I needed to do something about accepting Jesus into my heart um, because I felt she was genuine and and there for us, like she cared about all of us. So, but yeah, it was, that was the change, conviction and guilt. Um, I could tell the difference. Even though my life might not have been perfect after that, I, I did have mm-hmm. a lot of changes and I, and understanding that, you know, this is wrong, you know, Anything that you can attribute that change to, that all of it, you know, having a real sense of conviction and guilt? Well, being saved, I mean, Mm -hmm. asking Jesus into my heart, um, knowing I was a sinner, understanding that, you know, he he died for us and that what I was doing prior was not not right, you know. very good yeah were there any so in that whole process were there any scripture passages or verses that resonated or really kind of propelled you towards that decision for christ no okay back then no i I have a good verse that i i love now okay um like within the last i'd say like maybe year or two um and it's ephesians 2 8 um because i love it for by grace are we saved I forget all of it, um, through faith. And it's not of yourself, it is the gift of God. It's not because of our works, it's not of what we do, it doesn't matter anything. But God, I mean, He saved us, you know, He has grace, He cares for us no matter what, you know. And I, it kind of helps me because I know I slip daily. Sometimes it's not big, it's minor, but, you know, some people... We'll be like, oh, that's horrible, you know, are you sure you're saved, you know? But it's like, no, yeah, I'm saved. I know I'm saved, you know? People in the Bible also, you know, they they weren't perfect. God mm-hmm. used all these people who weren't perfect in the Bible. So I guess that also is something I've had to come to grips with because I used to think I wasn't good enough. I always used to think I wasn't good enough, actually. <laughs> um, and now, you know, even when I slip, you know, I, I'll, I'll apologize. I'll be like, Lord, I'm so sorry. Please help me be stronger. But I try not to take it as hard knowing, you know, we're human. The devil comes after the ones he's most threatened by, the ones that he feels most intimidated by. So if he's pushing at me so hard trying to get me to do wrong, I must be somebody special. And God really wants to use me. So that's, that's what I've tried to keep in mind. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you look at the various characters and, and people that are documented in Scripture, and if you were going to make up a religion, like this is one of the arguments I find for like the veracity and like the truthfulness of Scripture is like you wouldn't make it up with all these people mm-hmm. that are broken, that do things wrong. Like you wouldn't call David as, you know, you wouldn't identify him as a man after God's own heart mm-hmm. and then seeing like how his life plays out. Like you would have like doctored that up a little bit if you were making it up. Right. Like I just think it just plays into the truthfulness and your comments there just made me think of that. So, yes. So you were, you were 16, you said, right? Yes. Down in Mississippi and, you know, the whole Y2K um, kind of got your attention and you put your faith in Christ. So a little bit, obviously there was a real change in you, would you say, there, and that they allowed you to come home. Talk about a little bit, you know, after accepting Christ there, and what kind of changes did you see in your life and that led to being able to come home, and then how did you handle being home? Okay, well, um, after I accepted Jesus into my heart, um, I did change, but I was in an atmosphere where... I was surrounded by just that. I couldn't really slip, fall, because we were in a girl's home. We were only there. We were learning about Jesus all day. We only left the girl's home um, if we were going on tour or to the church service at the church nearby. So um, I felt really good. I Mm -hmm. felt like nobody could stop me. I was there for God. I was going to do my best. So I did come home, um, and I'd say maybe... For about like six, seven months, seemed pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, it was yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. You know, God is good. You know, trying to do everything you know possible that I knew was right, and staying away from you know all the bad stuff. But um, right there, I'd say the beginning of the summer, right before my senior year of high school, I started to go back. Mm-hmm. And met some friends in the neighborhood that weren't Christians. Started, like, hanging out with them, not really letting my mom know. Started sneaking out of the house a little bit, too, mm-hmm. at night. Um, and so once I turned 18 that September, my mom and stepdad, I felt, you know, weren't doing things that I thought I should be allowed to do or, you know, since I was an adult. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> so, But you're not till you're 40. Well, right. So you're right. almost there. I'm almost yeah, there. I'm almost yeah. there. <laughs> no. So I left. Mm-hmm. I, I moved out. So, and, it, you know, things just went downhill. Of course, nothing was going right for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I never had an exact place to stay. I was moving from friend's house to friend's house. Um, and then in 2004, I didn't tell my mom, but I moved to Columbus. Um, I let her know about a month later, right before I got my first apartment, after I was staying with friends, building up money to get my own place. And I was there for about 10 years. Oh, wow. Um, While I was there, there was a small portion of my life where I did try to go back to church. I went to a Spanish church down there, um, a Baptist church off of High Street, and everything seemed good, but then just wanted to drink and dance, and, you know, the drugs started coming into place, Mm -hmm. and... I fell again, and I fell hard when I fell. I mean, I fell the worst. It was the lowest I had been. And it wasn't till 2011 um, that I actually started to wake up again. Um, 
And that's when I found out I was pregnant. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure God brought that, you know, for a reason. Because if not, I think I would either be in jail or not on this earth anymore. Um, But that was the biggest blessing. The biggest thing that started bringing me back up that hill. Because I was in the trench, all the way down there. I was as low as you you could possibly go at that time. So just doing drugs, drinking, everything, you know, not caring. So thankfully, I, I'm very happy. You know, I like I said, I didn't, I didn't live a perfect life even after I, you know, accepted Jesus into mm-hmm. my heart. But I'm happy where He's brought me, and I'm glad I can actually talk about it because, yeah. you know, we all we all have made mistakes, and even though I went that low, God still forgave me, <laughs> mm-hmm. and He accepted me back. And he always, he's had his hand of protection on me because there's times I thought (laughs) I shouldn't have made it through some things back in the day. (laughs) Were there, so Elena, you're pregnant and with Elena and were there people that God was bringing into your life about this time also that were, that he was using or other circumstances just to kind of draw you back to himself? Um, um, As far as um, Christians, no, but I know... I did have some people helping me mm-hmm. <clears throat> with my daughter and everything right, you know, in the beginning. I had nobody in Columbus. My mom and my stepdad weren't close by. They were actually um, up here in North Ridgeville. Yeah. Yep. So, um, but um, I did have my neighbors who constantly helped me with my daughter. And then um, I did go back to the Spanish church. When my daughter was almost one, mm-hmm. I started going back again, but my heart wasn't in it. It wasn't for the right reasons. Um, but yeah, that's. So how did he begin this process of um, uh, bringing you back to Cleveland to the Christina Rodriguez that now we know? 2014. I got a call when I was coming home from work. My mom told me my stepdad had um, cancer. Mm-hmm. And it was pancreatic cancer, mm-hmm. which is one of the worst. Yeah. So it, it crushed me, it did, because he raised me most of my life. And um, I decided to come back. Um, things just weren't going well. Um, they to gave, come back to Cleveland? Yes, come back yeah. to Cleveland. Um, things weren't going well with him, so I made the decision to come back, and I was staying with my grandmother for a little bit. But then um, once he passed away, he passed away six weeks after he was diagnosed. Mm. Wow. Um, once he passed away, I decided I needed to come back. So I ended up talking to my father, which I really hadn't talked to my real dad in a while, but... Um, and he, he was a member at Cleveland Baptist Church, so I think that was another thing that God was, you know, putting in my life, you know, trying to get me back on track. So um, I talked to him. He said, we'll get a U-Haul. We're going to move you back up here. You move in with me. And that's where I've been mm-hmm. with him. Good. Well, praise the Lord for that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and just... Um kind of coming off of that how has god been working today like more since you've been you've been home you know here um you know just around the corner really yes um (laughs) you know how has he been working since you've that u-haul moment you've moved up here 
and then through today, how has he been kind of working and guiding and growing and molding you? Well, I still had a lot of crazy up and downs mm-hmm. first seven and a half years, you know, roller coastering. Um, but I've had my mom and dad kind of, you know, working at me, helping me. And um, I can say that within the last maybe year, year and a half, since I dedicated myself back to, you know, being involved in the church, having Elena back into a Christian school, mm-hmm. um, I've seen a lot of changes. And I mean, yeah, the devil still works, you know, he's, you know, messing with my health, some other stuff, you know, he throws me, you know, these curveballs here and there, but I've seen blessings, you know, just the blessings that he, he's, br- he's brought me through people at Grace, through my family, through even people, I don't know, strangers sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've seen a lot of, a, a big difference and it keeps me strong. I think that's the main part, you know, I, I don't feel that it's as easy to fall anymore. And, you know, I pray to God every day, keep me strong, keep me stronger, keep the devil at bay. I know he's always going to be there, but, you know, when he's there, try to keep me focused. And, you know, I don't, I don't want to end up down there ever again. So, mm-hmm. so what you'd mentioned it's harder for you to fall. Why, maybe kind of elaborate on that a little bit. Why do you describe it that way? Because, um... I've, I've realized, like I said, even, you know, with the verse and everything, um, I, I've realized that we're, none of us are perfect. When mm-hmm. I used to think before, you know, a couple of years ago, I used to think, you know, no, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I've come to the realization now that, you know, none of us are worthy, not even people who we might think are perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody's mm-hmm. worthy. But God, God is there for us no matter what. We accepted him. You know, there's evil in the world. There's sin in the world. It's always going to be here. The devil's always going to be here. The only perfect person is God. Mm -hmm. So His grace is a powerful motivator. (laughs) And like I said, I feel Mm -hmm. if the devil is coming at me so much, there's a reason. So, because he knows that I'm a problem for him. (laughs) And since I do have that little bit rebellious attitude from before, <laughs> now, now I'm using it against, right, right, you, I'm, right, I'm taking it out on him instead of, you know, the other way around. So. Yeah, very good. So it, I, I think it's just, once again, as you've been mentioning, just a tribute to God's long suffering and his patience and yeah. work in, in your life. Um, I mean, without doubt, maybe there are some listening that, have a daughter that is walking a similar road or maybe there's someone themselves that are walking the Mm -hmm. road that christina rodriguez has walked and if they were sitting in the the chair right next to you perhaps maybe either to those parents what would be your uh your encouragement for them or your um advice or wisdom or like what would be your words for them for those parents, let's say. To pray for them, to mm-hmm. not give up. Um, God is good and God is powerful and he's able. If he's able to bring me back from as far as I was and as gone as I was, 
he can do anything. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not it's not late. It's never too late. No, it's not. No. I think it's well. And before I say something else, what what if there was a girl sitting right there that was the old Christina? What would be your advice for her? It's not worth it. Mm-hmm. You know, the sooner you know they they bring their life back, the the better. It's not worth it because I have so many. I mean, I know God, you know, had me go through all that. There's reasons behind why yeah. I went through what I yes. went. Yes. But I cry a lot thinking about things I did to people, things I did to myself. So it's, it's not worth it. It might seem like it's fun. The devil makes it seem so wonderful. But it's the worst thing you could ever do. Mm-hmm. It always costs more than it does. we're willing to pay. And you, even though God forgives you, and you can move on. You never forget mm-hmm. your past. You always remember all of it. Well, I think it's just a good reminder. You know, I, it's very easy for us as parents, and I'm sure you, you feel this way even with your daughter um, or other loved ones. In the moment, let's say they are rebelling. You know, it, it seems like it's very easy then to take that moment and be so consumed with that moment that we lose a sense of hope, but also to be able to recognize, you know, you know, our God sees the beginning and the end. Hmm. And even though we are confined really to this moment and we see a loved one walking, God continues to work in ways that we don't recognize and allowing things and doing things. And, there is a whole future that he can continue to work. So for that loved one, if it's a daughter, a friend, a sister, or whom, brother, whomever, I appreciate that don't give up. Mm-hmm. Continue to pray. It's not beyond. Christina was never beyond God's ability and power yes. to reach. Mm-hmm. And you continue to rest. Um and, and trust and continue to pray with with a sense of hope. Um, and so, Christine, I appreciate you sharing your story. And really, it's God's story yes. in Christina's life. And, and my story is not over yet. It's not. That's right. <laughs> you know, the best is yet in front of you. Exactly. So, yes. Well, we appreciate you spending time with us and uh, in sharing your own vulnerability. And uh, I know God will use that to encourage, to encourage others. So. All right. I think that's that's a wrap for this time. Christina, once again, thank you. Yes, thank and, you. And uh, we will we'll talk at you next episode. God bless. Mm-hmm.